20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the Loki edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am your host, Dusty Evely. With me, as always, is Steve Perhatch, Sarah Kelleher. How are you guys, Sarah? I'm going to start with you. First of all, how excited are you that Packers are back in minicamp? But also... How excited are you that the first episode of Loki was today? This is a great week overall. I tweeted about this um, at the beginning of the week. Lots of television is back or you know starting for the first time that I'm excited about. You know, obviously Loki Bachelorette was back this week, which I you know watch. No shame there. And then you know <laughs> Packers mini camp. Just a lot of good stuff happening. So I'm, I'm in a great mood. I'm really excited volunteering this weekend have an orchestra concert this weekend so i'm booked and busy for the week but i'm excited all good stuff steve how are you how excited are you about minicamp and or loki and or life in general uh i I don't know about you guys but i mean life is awful because aaron Rodgers isn't at Mm minicamp and Mm -hmm. we're done we're screwed the packers are dead on arrival why should they even play the season that's kind of what my emotional level is at right now and also my wife is out of town for work so i am single parenting and my god anybody who's a single parent god bless you because this is is, it's exhausting it's eight what nine nine thirty now here and I'd rather go to bed. I like I love you guys, but I'd rather go to bed right now. <laughs> Legitimately, I'd rather go to bed. And it's been two days. It's been two days of this. So um but yeah, I mean, look, it's fun. The Packers are back. They're doing some stuff in mandatory camps and uh yeah, the quarterback's not there, but it is what it is. Jordan loves to get some reps with the first team and we've seen a bunch of good uh, of other good stuff. I'm excited. Uh, we'll see if I can get through the episode of Loki tonight. I'm hoping I can after we're done recording. That's going to be my goal to uh, sit down and finally relax after cleaning the house, doing the dishes, putting the kids to bed, and now doing this. So uh, hopefully, have you guys both seen it already? Uh, no, it hits uh, today, like the day the podcast comes out. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. You, ugh. So I'm getting up early before work to watch it, but that's still like... Yeah, nine hours. Um, So okay, so that's tomorrow. Okay, cool. Way to get my hopes up, Dusty. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Well, we're recording for the listeners who are listening on Wednesday. When no, I I understand. I understand the concept, Sarah. I'm fully aware. We're here. We're here to make the listeners happy, not you personally, because I don't care about your personal (laughs) happiness. I care about the listeners' (laughs) happiness. You hear that, guys? You're more important than Steve. (laughs) Like they had any doubt. Are you kidding me? Raise your hands if you're surprised. All right, we're going to get to minicamp in a second. The Packers have signed someone. They've they've signed someone. They brought someone in. It's an inside linebacker, Steve. It's an inside linebacker, Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell has been with the Falcons since 2016. Uh, He's played in, I think it's 75 straight games. He makes tackles. Like, decent tackler. Seems probably more like a camp body if you want to believe in PFF numbers, which... I'm usually iffy on, but as a general guide, why not? He's usually in most of his categories. He's between, uh, you know, high 40s, low 50s. So not great. You know, kind of middle of the pack. Seems like kind of more that bottom of the roster churn. But since we have an inside linebacker expert, at least someone who gets angry about them very often here on the podcast, Steve, touch base with you. What what does this news do for you, uh, do for you personally? Uh, I mean, do you guys really need a response to this? I mean, it's legitimately they're they're throwing just another body at it. There's not they go undrafted free agents. They go guys that are on the street. They go late round free agents. There's never a high investment into the position, and it's pretty clear that um, it, it's been an ongoing issue for the Packers. So, look, it, I, I'm excited to see if he can do anything. You never know. Sometimes getting into the right situation can make something click for a guy and you know fingers crossed that's what happens but no i don't have high hopes for this i it's the same thing that happens over and over again so cool uh i'll wait to see what happens in training camp and and preseason games and see how that goes but if he makes a team i would be shocked yeah that sounds about right 
Sounds all right. All right, well, let's get to minicamp. So minicamp <laughs> attendance, there was five notable absences. Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, Elton Jenkins, and Dean Lowry were all out due to COVID-19 protocols. Um, now, we don't know exactly what that means. Uh, that we don't, I don't think there's been any confirmation they've tested positive. We don't know if there's any high-risk contacts. We don't know what that means. We just know they were out due to COVID-19. And then there was one more big one. I'm blanking on the name of this guy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was not there. There was hope that maybe he would be there. Uh, but everyone kind of knew that he was likely not going to show up. So at 8.30 this morning when he was not there, it was official. We're talking officially hold out. This was not OTAs. This is mandatory minicamp. Uh, so, guys, I mean, just just your thoughts off the top before we kind of get into any of the minicamp stuff. Sarah, what are your thoughts on Rodgers officially not being at minicamp, officially holding out here? Where do you, where's, your, uh, where's your mind at with that? Yeah, I mean, my mind's the same place it was last week. I, I would have been shocked if – he did show up to minicamp. Um, I was pretty convinced that, you know, he's going to hold out. And, you know, if Aaron Rodgers does make an appearance, it'll be later this year, you know, in, in training camp. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it shows that this is a long-term issue. As we've said before, it's not going to be fixed overnight, whatever it is. You know, that's the big mystery. We don't know if it's – or, excuse me, we know it's not the coaches or the teammates or the fans. We know <laughs> who the problem is with. And I think – it's just going to slowly take time. It's a relationship, just like any relationship you're in, whether that's, you know, like a professional relationship, a personal relationship, you know, in your family, whatever it is, when you have issues with someone, you have to take the time to work it out. It doesn't just happen overnight. Feelings don't just, you know, numb up and go away so quickly. Um, so I think this will take time. I'm optimistic that, you know, the summer will give them enough time to maybe work things out. And, you know, compromise in a way where both parties are, you know, happy with whatever outcome they come to. But, yeah, to me, this wasn't necessarily news. It was just like, yep, he's not there and he won't show up. And if he does, it won't be until, you know, August of this year. So um, it is what it is, I guess. We'll see. I, I Like I said, I'm still optimistic that they can work together to find a mutually beneficial outcome. Steve, where are you at? Are you sure it wasn't Jake Jordles that didn't show up? <laughs> Jake Jordles was there, you know. Actually, had a re- had the play of the day. Apparently, Jake Jordles did. So <laughs> throw. He's got that. He's got the hose over to. Uh, according to Matt Schneidman, he's, mm-hmm. he's throwing hoses. But uh, no, I, who who the hell is shocked that Aaron Rodgers wasn't there? No, I mean, if you legit thought that he was going to show up out of nowhere when no deal had been made, when nothing had been reported, no, that is not. Uh, not what's going on. I'm not shocked at all. And that's not what I was anticipating. So I'm glad Jordan Love got some reps. I'm glad Blake Bortles is getting reps. And I think, you know, you're you're preparing your team for the, the future if he doesn't come back. And it, it, it all fingers crossed that he does. But it it is what it is. Like Sarah said, it is what it is. This isn't going to be – it's a, it's a freaking mini camp. And I get you throw the mandatory label on it. But again, it's dudes in shorts and t-shirts throwing a football around. Like, how much is it, how much is Aaron Rodgers gonna like gain from this? I get it. Amari Rodgers is on the team now, and we would want him to have some reps with him. But I, it's it's just this issue that's it's not going away, and I didn't I didn't anticipate it being done today. Part of me actually kind of thought Rodgers was gonna show up. Uh, for this mini for like like nothing resolved whatsoever in him showing up and then just being like I don't know why you guys are making such a big big deal out of this like it's nothing and then not show up for days two and three like flee <laughs> like just show up like do his interviews go through a couple drills and be like you guys are nuts I don't know you guys are blowing us out of proportion and then we don't hear from him for another two months like I, I was like that I could see that happening and that would have been incredible so I'm a little upset that didn't happen uh, I did have that in my brain uh, yeah, so that did not happen. And yeah, to your point about, you know, practicing in the shorts and stuff, before we even said that, I think uh, Aaron Aguilar asked the question, like, what are you hoping to get out of? Uh, what's the plan for these three days? And he was like, just learning how to practice, man. We're learning how to practice with each other. There's some new guys here. And so, like, yeah, it's it's like you said, they're throwing the mandatory on there. It's nice if everyone could show up. Obviously, everyone except Rodgers and the, the uh, COVID guys were there. And so you hope everyone's going to be there. But, yeah, this isn't – you're not installing anything. You're not you're not running through any new things. You're you're going through drills. You're getting a feel for everyone. You're seeing some of those bottom of the roster guys. I mean, even Adams, 
Adams was there and didn't practice. So this is not, not like you said, not huge in terms of the team, but it is kind of official, a little more official now than it was at OTA. So I was, I, I was looking through just like, I mean, I watched a little bit of some of the media availabilities, but I was also just reading a bunch of tweets. I know Schneidman and some of the other guys and gals on the beat typically tweet, kind of live tweet it and what's happening. <laughs> some Someone asked a coach like about the Rogers situation and he's, he just said like, I don't know, man, or some, or, or I'm just taking it day by day, man, or something. And like the way that I read it, like I could hear a sigh and it, all it was was text. <laughs> like, I'm like, this man is so tired. Like he's just so tired of these questions of this situation. It, it just kind of made me chuckle. Cause I'm like, I can feel that through the tweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. I did love the uh, Devonte Adams as well, where they asked him, you know, if he was like why he didn't show up for the the voluntary stuff or and and he talked about it, he's like dude i can't i came from nothing he's like i'm not giving he's like i am not giving a penny away that i earned he's like i earned that money that is my money so yeah, I, so I, I grew up, i grew up with i grew up with zero dollars i'm not forfeiting my money <laughs> yeah, i did enjoy i did enjoy that quite a bit that was real good that was real good all right um yes yeah, so we'll, we'll get into some of the press conference stuff in a bit there were some kind of good stuff there let's talk we're gonna talk mini camp for a second we're like you said we're living off of what people tweet what people write you know off the little videos we can get because we're not there and so we're reporting on you know some of the stuff we can get and there there wasn't a ton of notable stuff i didn't think i know uh i think andy herman was saying kamal martin looked good uh that was kind of universal cross kamal martin was looking good which would be nice again inside linebacker position. Uh, it's kind of up between him and Chris Barnes at this point, I believe. Kamal Martin, I think, has more upside. So if something clicks for him, that could be nice. So that was a nice report. But aside from that, it's uh, Jair looks really good. Like we know, Jair looks really good because he's he's Jair Alexander. You know, of course, he looked good. Um, the offensive line seemed notable at first uh, because it was a different lineup than the last time we had, uh, Ben Braden at left tackle, John running jr. At guard, Josh Myers at center, Lucas Patrick at guard and Billy Turner at right tackle. But really that's just likely because Elton Jenkins was out due to COVID protocols and Elton Jenkins was starting left tackle the last time. So maybe does that mean Ben Braden is the backup left tackle? We don't know. We can wildly speculate, but we don't know. But it was just—it was a different alignment. June. So it was notable. We don't know anything. It's yeah. June. <laughs> it's just, well, we know some things, and what we do know is that Steve talked about it earlier. Is that Jordan Love's terrible? We know that Jordan Love is terrible. Sucks. Um, that this was <laughs> now this was the biggest thing of of minicamp, and it's been blown up. We'll talk about it a little bit because it happened. Love in the two minute drill. Jordan Love in the two minute drill was the biggest talk. Because so let's set up the two minute drill. Minute thirty five seconds, and they're on thirty, one timeout, you gotta drive down, get a touchdown, get some points. Sounds like he started out with a couple de- decent throws. He misses Tanyan high in the flat. And then on fourth and seven, I think it looked like Malik Taylor kind of settled down on his own. And he missed Taylor. As near as we can tell, he may have thrown it to the moon. Because the reports all vary, <laughs> but they all basically say uh not even close to catchable. Nowhere in the area. Basically threw it like 15 feet over his head, 30 feet over his head for all we know. I was talking last week what I would do if I was Patrick Mahomes and I would just chuck that ball at a stadium. He did that, but he was trying to hit a receiver. Um, like you said, Steve, he officially – and then he follows up with Blake Bortles throwing a touchdown in the two-minute drill. So, you know, kind of makes it look a little bad. Finished the day 12-23 unofficially. So, that in mind, I think I know where we all sit with this. Steve, we'll start with you. Jordan Love in the two-minute drill. What does well, this, this do for you, Steve? First of all, why the hell is it called the, the one-minute and 35-second drill? Because why why is it called the two-minute drill if you're given a minute and 35 seconds? Like, That's that such make- a good point. I feel like there could be like a, a fun name for it, too, like 1.35 or something. Like They could they could make it sound cool. They're, yeah, they're, they're very creative. Rogers is good with like nicknames. Oh, wait, he's not there. Ooh, yeah, never mind. Ooh. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't care. I honestly don't care. Um, this is a time when you learn, when you grow, when you're... Jordan Love is getting run with the first team, and that's, that's exciting. Like, that's a really good thing. And, again, I think Dusty and that, Dusty said something before we even started recording about Trevor Lawrence had two pick sixes in in uh, mandatory minicamp. 
This is the time when you make throws where you don't care because the game is not on the line. You're learning things. You're understanding. And, oh, by the way, this is the first time Jordan Love is running with the ones and has the one wide receivers there. Like, that's – it takes a little time to figure out where wide receivers are going to be, like what their breaks are going to be, how they're – like how they're running their routes. Like, there's so many different things. And the fact that we're trying to gauge how good Jordan Love is going to be after one – Mandatory minicamp in shorts and and a t-shirt, man. The kid, he's you know he's he's gonna sink or he's gonna swim one way or the other. But today wasn't gonna be the day for us to figure out if that's gonna happen. So I'm glad that he got some run with the ones. It'll be interesting to see how things continually progress. But until we see him in actual game situations and actual preseason games, yeah. I'm up in the air. Like, doesn't this stuff doesn't bug me at all? How much does it bug you, Sarah? Do you how do you care more or less than Steve? Well, I was gonna say I I agree with kind of the way that Steve feels, but for different reasons. Like, I I think you know you see these reports from camp that um he struggled a bit, that he was overthrowing, and so on and so forth. But you know. This was the point of drafting Jordan Love. And this this is what really gets me with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, too, is the Packers knew they wanted Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback for years to come. And they drafted Jordan Love because they saw potential in him and they saw he had a certain skill set and the right tools to be a future quarterback for the Packers. In no one's perfect plan was Jordan Love expected to run with the ones and be the starting quarterback this year for Green Bay? So, of course, for in my mind, I'm like, yeah, of course he's going to struggle. This pick was like the Love pick. This was a project pick where the team knew he's going to take time and he's going to need to develop and he's going to he can learn and, you know, watch what Aaron Rodgers does. And then he'll be able to slowly grow his skill set. And by the time Rodgers, you know, either goes somewhere else or retires, he'll be ready to go, and he'll really understand, one, the system, two, the level of play and what it takes to truly be a good quarterback in the NFL, and then three, just you know the franchise and the culture of the franchise and everything like that. So, of course, he's going to struggle. Like it, it, He's literally set up right now to, I don't want to say fail, because I don't think he's going to fail, but he's set up to struggle. You know, this wasn't the plan. It Matt LaFleur said it in his press conference, like he needs as much time as he can possibly get right now to run with the ones and have these experiences in camp because he didn't have those last year. He he didn't have that time. So, you know, yeah, it's definitely like if he's going to be the starting quarterback this year, if you're a Packers fan, like I totally understand and I'm with you that it's concerning, but you shouldn't be surprised because this is why they drafted Love. They, they knew he was, wasn't ready, but they wanted him to get to that point. And he's still not ready, and he, they're going to just continue to work with him. And, you know, hopefully, you know, Rodgers comes back, Love has some time to keep developing, and he isn't, you know, pushed into the, into it too quickly. We see that happen too often. Um, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. Like, yeah, it sucks, but, I mean, what, what did we expect to happen? What did we expect to see today? It would have been absolutely insane if if he came out to camp and was just like, hitting every single one of his marks and was absolutely destroying everyone and looked, you know, like a mini Rogers out there. That, that just wasn't going to happen as much as, you know, we all dreamt and wanted it to. All good points. The one, the one thing I'll add too that, that uh, you can shine a little light on this if you feel like it. Uh, Bill Huber brought this up that the, uh, the throw that was, you know, a hundred feet over Malik Taylor's head was the correct read. He said that was the correct read and it was late in the progression and Taylor kind of settled down onto his own. One of the things that that shows a little promise there. Again, this is not some eureka moment. This is not. Listen, he's he's going to be really really good. And I know that for a fact because this is this is not that. But what it shows to me is, I mean, he came out of a pure spread system at Utah State, and some of the reads very simplistic. Some of that was like a lot. Uh, some of those were extreme pre-snap reads. What did the coverage look? Was what was leverage pre-snap? Okay, I'm throwing to that guy. It doesn't matter what happens after. The ball's out of the hang. Bang. Like a totally different system. Totally different progressions. And one of the things that that one of the knocks in him coming out was sometimes he'd get lost in those progressions a little bit. He'd stare down a guy. He'd come back late. He thought he'd have someone looked off. He didn't. He'd throw it right to a safety. Like those kinds of things like that. Once When he was forced to progress and, and like actually in the pocket and do that stuff, he would struggle a little bit. If he's 
finding the right read and it's a guy who settled down on his own late in the progression, if he misses a throw, man, that sucks. That sucks because there were inaccuracy issues in college. But it also shows that he's at least learning, right? Like he's he's going through the progressions. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. He's not finishing it, clearly, at least on this in this case, but at least knows what he's supposed to be doing in that case, which I think, again, not some Eureka moment, but that is a something you can like if you if you want to take a little optimism away from that, you can take that optimism away from there. So that's my takeaway from there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as far as the minicamp stuff, that's pretty much it. I saw um, Kamal Martin tackle a donut. That was cool. Um, we we saw uh, Devin Funches catch a. Football. He's gonna be a stud, Dusty. A stud. Gonna, I know, man. I know. You look great, man. Uh, Devin that Funches caught a football. Did you know that, Steve? Devin Funches caught a football. Like actually caught one. That was cool. Oh, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. I just saw, I saw him doing like the blocking drill, and he just dude looked. He looked like legit, like cut man. Like, yeah, he didn't show up fat and overweight, which I was really happy about. And like, he was, he just, he looked like a stud. So, I mean, clearly it's Julio Jones 2.0 there. Did you see what he said in his media availability about um, the Rogers situation? He, I thought had like the best answer of every, out of everyone. Like he was just like, everybody just needs to stop talking about this. Everyone needs to just mind their own business and they'll figure it out on their own. They're grown men. Like, they're going to figure it out and talk it out. So, we, regardless, we have 11 guys on the field. So, we're just going to do what we can with the 11 guys. And everyone else, you know, just let it go and stop talking about it and reporting and thinking that, you know, what happens. Because he's like, we don't even know what's happening. So, we're just, you know, taking it day by day, too. So, I thought it was funny. It was like, in my opinion, it was like the realest I mean, you know, I thought Devontae and Bakhtiari gave really good answers too, especially considering how close they are to Rodgers. But with Funches, like, he was just so real about it. He was just like, we don't even know what the heck's happening either, so we're not going to pretend like we do. <laughs> um, it was it was good. They also asked Funches how he felt. Like, well, you came to Green Bay and you thought Rodgers was going to play here. Like, how will you feel if he doesn't play here? And he said something like, man, I found out Andrew Luck retired in like the third quarter of a game like they can't they can't hurt me <laughs> so i thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that big 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 fan of funches big big fan of funches um so actually let's, let's move on to the we'll talk about the press conferences here for a second one of my favorite quotes of the press conference was not by funches but it was about funches they asked uh Devontae adams i you know how have you been getting along with Devin funches how well do you know him and apparently they'd been facetiming throughout the offseason but his first response his initial response was He's a dog, man. He's big as hell. Uh, and I was like, "That's, that's he's correct." There's, there's no nothing incorrect, no lies told during that, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the Adams talked a lot about Rogers. You answer the questions you're asked, right? And he's asked a lot about Rogers. So a lot of it was, man, listen, we control, we can control, we keep getting better. Love to have him back. He said he's hoping and praying Rogers comes back. For all the world, he wants him back. And at some point, someone asked him like. Listen, like you want him back, and he's clearly at ad, at odds with the front office. So, is there at any point that that creates any kind of tension between you and the front office? That like you're a hundred percent behind your guy, and he's like, no, like I'm behind my guy as a friend, but like I still love this organization, I still love these guys. So, I thought that was a good answer. I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like, and Bakhtiari to the same extent. Like, I'm, I think he's basically said like I'm behind my friend. I stand behind Aaron Rodgers, my friend. Sounds like he has kind of made fun of him about it, about it uh, <laughs> when they've been hanging out. But he's like, it's all, it's all in love. Like I, I'm, I'm 100% behind my friend. I want him to do what's best for him. I hope he's back. Uh, but if he's not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving on. But he's still gonna be my friend. I just, I, I want what's best for him in his life. So I thought that was really cool. I think from, from both of those guys. Um, like you said, it's not. I didn't expect anything else. Um, but it, I still, still thoroughly enjoy hearing some of that stuff. Uh, went through that. Adams talking about how he had, grew up with zero dollars, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds like I think for Bakhtiari, one of the big things for me, kind of get your guys' take on this too. Uh, he they asked, I think, both about Rogers and about the front office. And Bakhtiari said, Aaron's going to speak to us when he wants to speak to us. The front office will speak to us when they want to speak to us. Right now, it's all behind closed doors. So it doesn't sound like the players have heard a whole lot from either side on this. You know, Roger's not been talking, but it also doesn't sound like they've gotten a whole lot of communication from the front office, which to me, like a little shocking because that's part of the reason why Rogers seems to be gone in the first place is communication from the front office. So I'm sure they've, I'm sure they've heard something. I'm sure it's not been blackout, but just hearing those quotes there with the, the front office, a quote, like the front office will speak to us when they want to speak to us. 
does that move the needle for you at all, Sarah? Does that does that say anything to you about how, like how this is being dealt with in house or not? Listen, I work in PR, so <laughs> and the entire time that this whole thing has been happening, like I've just think been thinking, like, man, Hackers PR team has some serious like message control work happening here. Like the, it, that is some tough stuff that they're going through. I mean, anyone listening that is in the in my field knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I, you know. I truly don't know if we'll ever know what's happening. And I think, you know, the organization, rightfully so, as any, you know, organization, company, whoever it is, you know, when you're going through something that is very public and that is not necessarily, you know, you're getting a lot of media attention and, you know, there's some pushback from fans, whoever it is, um, you want to control the message. So, you know, I'm sure before any of the players speak, you know, their, their communications team and their PR team is probably doing a really good job of saying like, hey guys, like kind of, you know, make sure you're thinking about what you're going to say here. You know, the organization might even have like talking points or things for them to say. Like, you know, that might not be what someone listening wants to hear, but as someone who like works in that field, like I can tell you like, that's probably what's happening. Like they are really probably working hard to tell the team like, here's some talking points, you know, to hit on, but as much as they can, the org- the Packers organization is probably kind of controlling that and keeping, you know, things as neutral as possible. They don't want somebody to, you know, go off script per se and be like, no, I I hate Gudikins because of all this stuff with Rodgers. Like, and, you know, for their own sake too, like, they're not going to say that. He's the one that keeps them on the team and brings them there. So it's, it's a tough spot for a lot of players. I think they've had conversations. I don't know how detailed they've been. I mean, we saw... Um, Schneidman tweeted today that Adams and Murphy were talking during the practice. And so I like quote tweeted and said like, oh, I'm sure they're just talking about the weather and, you know, how things are in Green Bay. Like, I'm sure there's been little side conversations, but even the players, I mean, Funch just kind of said it himself, like they're not privy to all of the details. So unless, you know, they're reaching out to Rodgers directly and talking with him, I don't think they really know. And the Packers organization, rightfully so, is probably trying, you know, to keep their messaging and what everybody's saying, whether it's players, coaches, front office, you know, pretty aligned because they want Rodgers back and they don't want anybody to kind of make it seem like they don't. Steve, you have anything else to offer that the PR expert uh, did not already touch on? Not too much. I mean, legit, like that's, that, that all makes so much sense to me, but why the hell would, why the hell would they be telling the players anything that's going on with Rodgers? No, they're not going to be talking exactly. about that situation. No, absolutely not. Like, he's pissed off with the team. Why would they be like, hey, we got this one player. He's really pissed off at us. Here's what's going on right now. This is what we offered him. He's not happy with it, but but we'll, we'll, we're, we're working with him. So, no, no, they're they're not going to be talking about that situation. They're just going to, you know, try to deflect and be like, if you get asked about Aaron Rodgers, like you defer to yourself and your situation with the team and everything like that. And that makes sense. Like Sarah, like Sarah said, all this stuff is Yeah. The, the PR situation is, is insane right now because I mean, let's be honest, the national media is obsessed with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at this point. So, um, no, uh, I'm not shocked at the way it's all going. I don't think that they're going to be talking to the players about it like that. And yeah, you want to you want to keep this thing as tight lipped as possible. Like you don't want any of these extra details getting out. I don't think so. No, if somebody spills a lot of tea, just know the organization is probably pissed that they're doing so because they want to keep <laughs> this as close, you know, to the only the people as, that are need to be involved as possible. Yeah, there was. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this from uh, from Tyler Dunn. I, I, he had a piece on Go Long yesterday on this. Apparently, someone within a he said a Packers veteran said we need to say "eff it, let's go" on the Roger situation, or he's here. We don't have time to be waiting around. We're six weeks from training camp. How much longer are we waiting? So it's it is one of those. <laughs> It's an anonymous player. Sounds like it is We're a player. We're six weeks from training camp. We need the answer now. 
I love how there's that perspective. And then we have someone like Devontae Adams today who's like, yeah, we'll all welcome him back with open arms, like no matter when he comes back. And then other people are like, hey, even though we're like two months away from um, something, we need to we need to have answers. It may have been newly signed linebacker Devontae Campbell. He's like, well, when's he getting here, man? I didn't know when he's getting here. I only signed with the Packers because I thought Aaron (laughs) Rodgers was going to be here. It was Devin Funches. Uh, yes, there was a couple quotes about love. I kind of want to touch on Adams talked about how he said, um, and you know, everyone's got to get their laughs in. Uh, Adam said he's locked in and I can see it. But then he clarified by saying like, listen, he's putting in the time. He said, like, he said specifically, I can't talk to his progression as a player because we've literally been in minicamp for one and a half, like one and a half hours. I cannot speak of that. But he said as a person, he said he, he's like, he noticed a different way he's communicating with people, the way he's kind of carrying himself, the way he's talking to everyone in the organization, the way he's kind of leading the huddle. He said, he said he's seen a vast improvement there. He's seen like progression in that area. And that was really promising. And he said, basically, like if we're going to get behind that guy we're getting behind that guy whoever's behind the center we're getting behind and he said he liked the way he's carried himself uh lafleur not i'll say less complimentary lafleur did say like listen man, he, he said he needs all the reps he can get right now uh he didn't get a preseason last year he said we're going to give him all we can handle but he he needs work I mean, he specifically on that overthrow malik taylor he said uh you know like immediately after we we said we need to work on footwork, body position, and, uh, you know, where you need to get to to get that ball accurately. So there's still, as we've said, as everyone knows, Jordan Love's not quite ready yet, man. There's <gasps> a lot of work to do there. I know everyone is shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, like I know. haven't been talking Jordan. about that for the last 30 minutes. I know. I know. Listen, man, it's crazy. Hey, hey, guess what? Aaron Rodgers has never missed a throw <laughs> ever <laughs> in mandatory minicamps. Never. Oh, again, once a week, we have a thing where I wish we were, it was a video because the way like Steve lurched up from his seat and like got so close to the camera and was passionately (laughs) speaking that was amazing. Um, Great work, Steve. Amazing. Oh, thank you. Golf clubs all around. All right. We're going to end this section with a man who is, who is quickly becoming public enemy number one in Green Bay. That is one Mr. Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter, when NFL, I think it was NFL Live uh, yesterday, and he said, he said these words. He said these words from his own mouth, out of his own face, he said these, with a straight face. If Rodgers is not back, the Packers will be one of the worst teams in football. If he's back, they'll be one of the best, with a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. First of all, we're talking about a player that's like swinging a franchise by, I don't know, 10 to 12 wins, which insane but okay let's just run down real quick some of the teams from last year the jaguars were one and 15 the jets were two and 14 only because they accidentally won two games that they weren't <laughs> supposed to win the the bengals like they were supposed to have trevor lawrence <laughs> they were all year all year they're supposed to be. the bengals the bengals lost their first round quarterback were actively terrible all year. Looked like they forgot how to play football for half the year, and they were 4-11-1. They won four games. The Eagles not only looked like they forgot how to play football for a large stretch of the year, looked like they actively hated their coach and each other, and they were 4-11-1. So you're telling me this Packers, and I know people, some people have issues with this Packers roster. This is a good Packers roster that's built to do things like run the floor offense. So even if love is not great, I refuse to believe one of the worst teams in the league. I want to kind of get your thoughts on that. Maybe not teams in the league, but if Jordan love and granted, we don't know anything about Jordan love right now. If Jordan love is under center in week one, where do you feel like they finish in this division? Keeping in mind that the lions are still in this division, Steve, where do you think the Packers finish in this division with love under center? If Jordan loves under center, I would say second. I'd say they finish second behind the Vikings. Okay. I think that would be roughly. Oh, God. Now, oh, no, there's an extra game now, right? Um, So I can't go eight and eight. I will go maybe, I'd say eight and nine with him. I think there's going to, again, like we've all discussed, there, there probably would be a whole bunch of, you know, learning pains and, and things that growing pains, things that you wouldn't have with Aaron Rodgers, but there's enough talent there. And like, they brought back the whole, basically the whole team, probably one or two guys they shouldn't have brought back. 
Mm-hmm. And like that, the team is ready to go. The scheme opens up players really, really well. And if and if they're open on that first read or that second read, I believe Jordan Love can hit those guys. I believe he can get get the ball into the the spot it needs to be. And the defense is good enough to keep them in the games where the the game isn't going to be dependent on Jordan Love. And especially you have Aaron Jones, you've got A.J. Dillon. Like, you are not depending on the quarterback whatsoever to win you the game. So, yeah, I think I think you're, you're right in the mix. I don't think the Vikings are going to be amazing. I don't think Justin Fields is going to light the world on fire and make the Bears this amazing team, and the Lions suck. So, yeah, I think right in the mix um, – and if a couple things go the Packers' way, they still could win a division at like you know nine and eight with yeah. Love led team, and, and be and that you know get to uh, do you know do that and get in the playoffs, do a wild card. Like man, it very very wide open with him at the quarterback position. Sarah, where do you think they finish? Let me just start by saying that that statement by Adam Schefter was so ridiculous i saw this i i like audibly like tried to like laugh or just do anything and like nothing was coming out like i was just like like, what so i actually did did you guys also see that they misspelled worst they said worse (laughs) it will make him one of the worst teams in the nfl w-o-r-s-e like come on guys come on I have a text up that I want to go through because so one of my really good friends um, is a Bears fan and we always like have good banter, you know, about Packers and the Bears and all that. But he's also like realistic, which I really respect. Like with the Bears, he'll just be like, yeah, we're freaking horrible or like very, yeah, very are- few of those fans. From yeah. The yeah. So <laughs> I send him the tweet, the exact one that we're talking about that had the clip of this and he responds all right, well, that's just straight up not true. Like, <laughs> so then we, I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And he, he had a perfect answer. He's like, if you start Love or Blake, they'll be like nine and eight, seven and 10, maybe a little even better. No clue how they end up like three and 14. So I, I totally agree with him. I literally said exactly, I cannot believe this statement. It's blasphemy. Like, that's what. That's what I said, and it's just like th- this is a really good team all around. Yes, there are areas that the Packers need to improve on, and we know what areas those are. We don't need to list them out and talk about them. But the Packers have so many more tools than other teams do. They have the skills that they have. I mean, it's insane. It's like yes, of course, if your team loses an end or like an NFL future Hall of Famer, they're not going to be as good. But that doesn't mean that then they're going to be the Jets. Like, come on. So I I think they'll be fine. Totally agree, Steve. Like, I think they finish second and they have a shot maybe at a wild card. And that's kind of where they're going to be sitting. Like, they'll be, they won't be like top contenders, but they might be, you know, in the mix. You know, when those graphics come out, like, who's in the hunt? I think the Packers will be in the hunt. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's a statement. That is surely a statement. And. I forgot who said it, and I wish, you know, I could, but I don't want to you know, take all the time to pull it up, but um, somebody on Packers Twitter quote tweeted it and said, this just shows you that Schefter, the only thing Schefter pays attention to on the Packers is Rodgers, I and mean, he doesn't actually pay attention to the other things, and that, that's true. That's how you, that's how someone says that statement. That's how you get to that point. Like, you just think Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. You don't think about all of the other teammates around him. Yeah, well, it's been said for a while that if they didn't have Rodgers, they're a four-win team every year, which is, like, false. Like, some years, yeah, probably. But not now, I don't feel like, with the with the with uh, that running attack of Jones and Dillon, who I really like, the receiving core, like you said, Steve, the, with, with the scheme kind of designed to get some of those guys open, those first couple reads, make those easy looks. I mean, I could see them – I kind of – like, it depends on how, you know, a handful of games break. But between seven to ten wins, certainly – seems like right in their wheelhouse there like either right below 500 or a little above 500 and then like you said in the mix i think the like the vikings finish above them and like you said like the bears unless fields comes out and just starts firing i i don't think the bears are are in the mix there either um so yeah i think that's eh, seven seven to ten wins i feel like without him which 
don't know. There's, yeah, still not the Jets. Still not the Jets. All right, that's it for our regular stuff. We're going to move on to some questions. We've got a handful of questions here, so we're going to hit those. Uh, first up, from Keith Keskinen. Do the comments from Devontae and Bakhtiari make you feel better about the Rodgers situation? And what's better for wings or ribs? Wet sauce or dry rub? Steve. So, I mean, basically the Bakhtiari and Adam, and Adam stuff, just as a refresher, basically comes down to I stand behind my friend. I want what's best for him. And you can get a little deeper than that, but that's the overall thing. So with those thoughts in mind, Steve, where you sit on that? It doesn't make me feel any better. That's exactly what I would expect those two to say. They're all good friends outside of the football field. And, yeah, you love your friend. And if you work together, like, yeah, it would be amazing if your friend comes back to work. But if they're getting, you know, an offer from somewhere else or it makes sense for them to leave, like, it sucks, but it's still you want you want what's best for them, and that's what they're they're kind of coming out and saying. Like I, I would love to have Aaron Rodgers back, but if it's not the best thing for him, I totally get it. So, no, don't. Uh, it doesn't make me feel any better, been any worse. It's just kind of yeah, that's exactly what I expect a friend of Aaron Rodgers to say. And then as far as wet and dry rubs go, I think if you're talking ribs, it's a good combo. The way that. Um, I do my smoking with the ribs is there's a dry rub that goes on for the first about five hours. And then you throw on a little bit of the barbecue sauce at the end of it and get them all grilled up like that. That's, that's outstanding. But wings, I'm, I'm all dry rub. I I used to do the wet stuff. And eventually after I had a a couple of different dry rubs and the one at uh, BW threes, I know it's kind of crazy to say that out loud. And I've talked about this many times, but uh, their Chipotle barbecue dry rub is just, outstanding i love it and i know i shouldn't love it because it's buffalo wildlings but i do and uh yeah i'm i'm uh, team dry rub for wings all day love what you want to love steve sarah where do you sit after the comments from bakhtiar and adams and also dry rubber wet rub yeah so i'll start actually at the food part of that because to be honest i agree completely with everything that steve just said like, I, I, I actually, uh, when the words were coming out of his mouth, I was like, is this happening? Is, it, is it really no, happening? You're just sitting like, no, no, I can't be right. I can't, I can't agree with him on everything. I was waiting for him to be like, just kidding, because that's disgusting or something like that. But no, I, I literally cannot add anything more because he said it perfectly. Like, not necessarily the Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings thing, but I, I, know what, I know what you're kind of putting out there. Um. Yeah, I used to be like, especially for wings, I was like, yeah, like they should be like soaked in the sauce and I want all this. And now as I've gotten older and like, you know, like I can't just like eat a bunch of sugar and like all this stuff. And now I'm like, my body is like a real adult body and I'm like a real human. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I w- if I did that, I literally would feel like garbage for days so that's why i'm like nope dry rub still tastes really good and i'm not gonna feel like crap afterwards so well i will feel like crap just because it's it's wings and they're terrible but like not it's bearable you know so that's how i stand on that um and then with Devonte and bakhtiari like did they make me feel better about the situation yes and no like yes because like i've just been like itching to hear from someone that's like close to rogers and i know both of them are and they kind of seemed like pretty relaxed about it and i'm like okay you know if they're his actual teammates and you know arguably two of his closest teammates and they're kind of like you know we support him and we hope he's back and you know they're not like oh my god i love him so much and all this like i mean yes they said that but not like desperately you know (laughs) um I, that did make me feel a little better, but does it kind of like change how I feel about the situation? Not necessarily. So, you know, comforting and nice to hear from people that are close to the source, um, but didn't really change. Like, I'm not going to, to sleep tonight and waking up tomorrow and being like, oh, I feel so much better about Aaron Rodgers. It's, that part's kind of the same. Yeah, and, and for me, I think the, I think I'm with Steve on the Bakhtiari Devante stuff like it it doesn't really move the needle at all for me like that they said what they were supposed to say I guess like it was nice hearing from them that was cool but yeah it doesn't really change my mind or how I feel at all about the situation and as far as wings 
You know, I think I prefer like a good wet rub, like a good spicy garlic. I don't think there's anything that can beat that. Like nothing that can beat that. But I think dry rub is more consistent. Like I've been to places where the where the wet sauce is terrible, but the dry rub, I've never had a bad dry rub. So, uh, you know, usually get a little bit of each and then you kind of see what shakes. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I hit. I think the highs are higher with dry rub or with wet, but uh, a little more consistent with dry rub. All right, we're going to get to a question from Matt Pickett. Uh, if Rogers comes back, would you impose the fines on him for missing stuff, or would you let it slide? Steve, we're gonna let you answer this one. Yeah, I have some, I guess, decently strong because you guys didn't really care one way or the other. I think I'm just leaning one of two ways. If he is talking with the Packers and he is, they're on their way to some sort of resolution. They're working out the contract that he wants to get. Whatever makes him feel happy and sunny inside, okay, I get why you would say, no, that's an excused, whatever, missing of the mandatory camp. Like, I get that. But if he is not in communication with the team, if he is just avoiding them altogether, like, then yeah, find him. Then then do it. Like, that is what you need to do. As long as that is what you are doing with any other player that is missing camp. It's not like a special situation. It's not whatever. If there was another player that was holding out of camp because of a contract situation and you were talking with him and then you're you're working your way towards the resolution, okay, don't find him. But no, it's, it's one or the other. But if he is not working with the team effectively, then yeah, I am 100% okay finding him. And he should know that he is skipping a mandatory minicamp. And those those actions that he is taking, they have consequences. And it's $93,000 a day. So you know that by doing that as a player, if you're skipping a mandatory camp, that's what happens to you. So you can't be mad at the team knowing what's going to happen to you if they, take the, if they give you the fine that you're supposed to get for missing camp. So... That's kind of where I sit. I know um, some people are one way, some people are completely on the op- the opposite end of it. But honestly, I think that's that's a it's a fair way to kind of look at the whole situation. No, I think summed up nicely. Yeah. Um, Matt's got another question, not a food question. Usually the add-ons are food questions, not a food question. It says, "What's the most beautiful place in the state you currently live?" Uh, so this gives us a chance to brag on our states a little bit. Uh, Sarah, do you have one in mind? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the most beautiful place I've been in Florida is probably Clearwater Beach, which is on the West Coast. My old stomping grounds. I know that it, one very well. The beaches are just so pretty there, and there the sand is a lot whiter. The water's bluer. I grew up on the East Coast. Um, not a lot of that there. So, um, I mean, it's awesome living by the beach, but Clearwater is just beautiful, and the town is, is really cute. I personally have heard that Anna Maria um, Island, which is also around the West Coast, is even better. Personally, I've not been there, but talk to me again in a month because I will be there one month from now. So I might have a different answer by then, but um, pretty much, yeah, any beach on the West Coast of Florida is really beautiful. I mean, love Orlando, but you know we don't have beaches and access to waterways like everybody does on the coast. So um, yeah, that, that's what I'd say. Steve, what about you? I think one of the best places I ever went to is actually called Crystal Lake in uh, Wisconsin. And northern Wisconsin, I went camping there um, with an ex-girlfriend. My wife knows about it, so it's, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, after it was after college. But it was honestly one of the most beautiful like lakes ever that I've ever seen. It was completely crystal clear the whole way through, and we would – you would camp like right outside of the lake and it was woods the whole way around. And it was just, it was just amazing. Like you wake up in the morning, you'd walk through the woods for like 20 feet and you'd walk into this lake and it was just completely clear. It was, it was awesome. It was one of my favorite, uh, favorite places to ever camp in, in Wisconsin. So that would be my, my choice. That sounds amazing. Um, 
Mine, I'll go. I'll go Natural Bridge uh, down Southern Kentucky. Really good hiking trails. Uh, I've been in there quite a few times, and there's a natural stone bridge down there, like a big stone archway. That's just it's gorgeous. You can do, I mean, different hikes, different lengths. You can do. I think we did. We did have done a, like a ten mile hike out there. And once you get there, you're just absolutely exhausted, and so you just sit in the shadow of of the natural bridge for uh, as long as it takes you to eat, and then also recover to hike back. But just, be, I mean, you know, just it's it's a beautiful area down there. It's it's hard to go wrong. Mammoth, Mammoth Cave is not far from there either. Mammoth Cave is amazing, uh, but Natural Bridge probably my favorite place in the state. Uh, Surprised yeah. you didn't pick the uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery. I almost did. <laughs> Buffalo Trace Distillery is awesome. That place, uh, man, just rolling hills and everything. It's and you just walk into those rooms and you you smell the bourbon. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, that's definitely up there, Steve. That's up there. Uh, next up from uh, Brian. Real simple, man. Who's the best left tackle during your Packer watching life? Uh, for me, I mean, I, we talked about this ahead of time. I have a hard time because I have a hard time distinguishing because some of us nostalgia and some of it you saw a guy's whole career versus where you're at now. I think Bakhtiari may end up being that guy, but for me, it's Chad Clifton. Chad Clifton was just an absolute rock for a very, very long time. Rarely got beat and was just always there, always doing tremendous work. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Clifton. Um, Sarah, who do you got? I mean, for me, it's, it's Bakhtiari, just because I was very young during the. the <laughs> so say, did you ever watch Clifton play? Like um, legit, like that's a serious question. I'm I not mean, trying to be a dick, but let's see. Clifton was there for the Super Bowl run in 2010. Yeah, he was yeah. in 2012. So, yeah. I mean, I know. I was young. So on the, on the pre on the preschool TV, she saw. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, right weren't, you weren't breaking down the film at that point. Right after Bill Nye, the science guy, I watched <laughs> Clifton. But yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, David Bakhtiari just because he's like my left tackle. You know that that's who I've watched and admired through the years. Steve, yeah, Dusty, I was on the same length as you. It was like I couldn't I couldn't figure out if it was Bakhtiari, if it was Clifton, and. I was, I was jumping back and forth, and then all of a sudden, the, the one thing that popped in my mind was the Aaron Jones touchdown run from last year where he ran all. like I actually think he beat Aaron Jones down the field for a 70-yard <laughs> touchdown run, and I was like, all right, maybe that gives him a little bit of an edge on that. So, if you know, gun to my head, I think I'd go with Bakhtiari, but it's, it's so close because Clifton was amazing. Uh, I mean, Chad Clifton – uh, you know, an event that happened at Chad Clifton did get Mike Sherman to try to fight Warren Sapp. So I don't know if that's up there in terms of like, you know, their case or whatever, but uh, I don't know. Um, all right, let's go. We got a last minute question here from Double One Pack 52, but Double 21 Pack 52. Uh, what made you a Packers fan and who was the player you wish worked out but didn't? Mine would be Quentin Rollins. I really wanted him to succeed. Uh, Steve, do you have. Uh, We've talked about kind of what made you a Packers fan before, so yeah. I don't know if we need to dive too deep into that. Uh, but let, let's, let's just do the second half of that question. Who did you wish worked out and did not? I was always a big fan. Uh, I always wanted Jarrell Worthy to work out. Like I, oh, yeah. I thought, I thought like that defensive tackle, like stealing. I thought that was a steal in the second round. I thought that was going to be a huge pick for the Packers. Like that was the dude. I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great, and just. Just for whatever reason, just never ended up working out, and always made me sad, and it sucked. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was super excited when they picked them, and I was always hopeful, but never came to fruition. Sarah, I mean, they worked out for the time they were there, but I wish that all the stuff with Eddie Lacy never happened because yeah. he was really fun when he was in shape and ready to go, um, and. I don't know. It just stinks, like the way that that went down, and you know, he was that was it was like so nice, and it, it felt like when he was on the Packers, it was like the first time in a while that they had a solid running back, where it was like, all right, this is really good. Now we can do more. I mean, now you know the Packers have had you know consistent running backs for the last few seasons, but this was you know quite some time ago. So and he was just fun. He would it was like a truck. He would just you know push guys over. It was awesome so i just wish you know he would have lasted a little longer because i remember watching him when i was young and just being really excited like that guy is a beast but whatever you know it is what it is 
Yeah, Lacey's a real good one. I I love watching Lacey. I'm gonna go. I'll also go recent. I'm gonna go Demarius Randall. I was super high on Randall coming out of college, man. Like he was a guy who you thought could kind of drift back as that third safety if needed to. Uh, could cover like really good man coverage skills. Like just just seemed a guy that liked to kind of get after like a little undersized, but a guy who like really kind of liked to be in the mix a little bit there. So I like just based on kind of where the league was heading and some of these hybrid guys and what the Packers could potentially use him in coverage. Super super high on him, and that like that failed tremendously. I honestly can't remember if he's in the league right now or not. I think he was uh, in Cleveland and then Dallas, and I don't know if he played. I think he was somewhere last year. I, I don't think he's currently signed, but that was a guy, and he kind of, you know, some of that was the scheme he was in was bad, but some of it was just, I mean, his his attitude on some of that stuff kind of drove him out of town more than anything on some of that. So that, that was that was a guy I had really high hopes for when he was drafted, and that just, uh, just did not work out, and it broke my heart. Guys, I think that's it. That's it for questions. I think we're, uh, that was, I don't know, we talked minicamp, we talked... We actually had football stuff to talk about. It's a good episode. I feel good. I feel good about this. Uh, so we're going to finish up here. We're going to do some final thoughts. Uh, Steve, you got any final thoughts? No, I'm not too much. I'm, I'm uh, actually the one thing I just saw that I'm, I'm super excited as, as far as like camp goes and all this kind of stuff. Now, Andy, uh, Andy Herman just tweeted out about talking about how um, if we, they, if the Packers go Bakhtiari, if they go Jenkins, Myers, and then um, and then Turner, there's one spot open on the offensive line. You know, most likely right guard, and so there's a huge battle that's going to be brewing during training camp and and stuff like that. So I think that's the one thing I'm I'm kind of taking away from from mandatory minicamp and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, ben Braden's getting a lot of love and. You know, Lucas Patrick and all this stuff. So it's going to be fascinating to watch that one spot as long as Bakhtiari is healthy, what's going to happen there. So really excited to see that. But, uh, you know, Packers football is quote unquote back for, you know, shorts, T-shirts, all that good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, at least we have some real things to talk about. I'm a little upset with Dusty that he killed my idea uh, for uh, content, but we'll get to it eventually. We'll get there. Uh, as long as Aaron Rodgers isn't signed soon, we'll get there. But uh, (laughs) it's uh, always fun to talk to you guys. So thank you for listening. And um, yeah, that's about all I got right now. Sarah, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to the listeners because you guys came through. I asked for show suggestions a couple weeks ago, have gotten (laughs) a lot. And a lot of you suggested Mayor of Easttown. And that was a freaking fantastic show. So thank you to everyone who recommended that um, and who also recommended, recommended, recommended a lot of other things too. So, you know, now I, now I really trust you guys. You really, you know, you didn't let me down with the mayor of Easttown suggestion. So thank you for that. Um, but other than that, just, you know, enjoy that we at least have some football and try to just enjoy that without worrying about the Rogers situation. You know, that situation isn't going to be worked out for a little bit now. So now let's just have some fun with what we have, make the best, you know, of what Packers content is available to us. Um, and as always, thank you guys for listening. So really appreciate it. And for those of you who are Marvel fans out there, enjoy Loki. Feel free to DM me and your thoughts. It's going to be a good one. So excited to have Marvel back in my life every week again. Yeah, I actually just finished Mare of Easttown last night. Uh, tremendous. Tremendous. Oh, uh, did you guess? Did you know? No, no, I didn't. I, I don't I know if it. I got uh, it. Did you? I was gonna say yeah. Stephen Stephen King guessed it. Stephen King had uh, I think the the morning of the finale he tweeted out like I think it's this person and he uh, he nailed it. So yeah, I I did not. I had I had a couple other guesses, but no, I didn't get it unfortunately because I'm a dumb person. Uh, for for me, uh, yeah, not much. I got an article next week. I still don't really know what I'm doing, but I am going to be part. I'm very excited about this on Thursday. So the past I think two to three Thursdays, I think three Thursdays now. Uh, Ryan Bowman and Mark Beach, our friend Mark Beach, have been doing a series over at Game on Wisconsin on Thursday nights. It's been a live stream where they've been going through the greatest of the era. They've been going through decades of Packers football. And, I mean, if you know Mark, and we've had him on before, if you have his book at all, uh, which you should get, The People's Team, he knows 
every single thing about Packers history I can think of. So they've been going through Packers history by decade and kind of talking about who is the best player of that era. I'm, I'm going to be joining them starting this Thursday and kind of talking about plays from that era. So I'm going to be breaking down. So I've got, uh, I think it's this Thursday. I should nail that down. It is this Thursday. <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, you know, 50s and 60s era. So uh, Lombardi era Packers. So I'm going to be able to talk about a few plays and a few players from that. I uh, kind of throw my hat in the ring there. So I'm really, really excited. Uh, Ryan, Ryan's great. He did the Packers Worldwide stuff for a while. And, uh, you know, love Mark Beach. And so that's I'm really excited to be a part of that. So it's going to be on Thursday uh, over at Game of Wisconsin. I'll be on that stream. I can't remember what time it is. Um, but I'm sure I won't shut up about it in the in the day leading up to it or whatever. But Some great promotion there, bud. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> as you can see, real dialed in, Steve. I'm real dialed <laughs> in. Uh, it'll be fun, though. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about that. So... That's all from us, guys. As always, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, follow all us on Twitter. The podcast is at Peckaday Podcast. Steve Perhatch, Sarah Kelleher four, and at Dusty Evely. Of course, rate and review the podcast. Five stars, preferred. I would almost say required. Please, uh, <laughs> pretty please, yeah, <laughs> pretty please. Uh, and yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, and as always, go pack, go.